Thank you. As Kurt said, uh, I've been here three years in a row, and and I said, and it, you know, yes, so far. I, he said about inviting me back, and I thought, well, we'll see after today. Um, my message is basically, grow up with a smile on my face. So I'll get to that. But before I do, I wanted to, I did want to congratulate Kirk and Nicole. I kind of, I kind of torn between congratulating and giving my condolences, um, because I know a little bit about leadership and and uh, positions of responsibility. And and you know, when you're when you're just attending a church and you're not really, uh, let's put it this way, nobody knows whether you're here or not here. When you're at that level, it's kind of it's kind of easy to do. And then once you make a commitment to do anything, um, that that freedom to just slide in and out starts to shrink and then the more responsibility you get and the more accountability you get the you just the the, the width of what you can do and can't do you know just becomes more and more restrictive and then when you get up at this very top of the thing there's just no room there's no wiggle room and uh, it can be really challenging because you're still pastoring people, you're still leading people, and that comes in all different shades and sizes and experiences. And there's usually a few unusual ones along the way. A few, uh, there, you, the thing about people, it's like herding cats. Um, you know, it just takes a lot of energy, you know, because you know, just about the time you get them all going the same direction, one's running off this direction. So it's, it's a real challenge. Uh, but I do congratulate them. I think it's a great honor that they're doing this. And so I wanted to put my two cents in on that. Um, the other thing I was going to tell you is John and I, we left home on the 15th. I get home on the 8th. He gets home like on the 12th after. When, when we get done here, he goes to Canada uh, and he does four days there of various kinds of meetings, worship gatherings and uh, some sort of benefit thing and all that good stuff. So he's going to keep going when I get to, I get home and I'm, I'm going to crash. Uh, I have to be at the church Wednesday night, the day I get home, because we have Mike Pilavachi at the church. And if you don't know who Mike Pilavachi is, he's uh, the head of Soul Survivor in, in the UK. He's a remarkable man, a great speaker, and a, and a, and a very skilled mocker of the brethren. Um, <laughs> And I'm one of his favorite ta- targets. And so I'm going to ri- arrive home very, very jet-lagged and defenseless. And so I'm just hoping I don't remember what he does to me. Uh, last time I came home after a three- or four-week trip, I preached that Sunday. I have no idea what I said. And, uh, and I just hope that the tape malfunctioned that day. So John and I, our goal—we don't have any—we don't have anything sexy, you know, uh, that we do. Uh, we're just basically encouraging, building up, and strengthening the church, uh, trying to trying to encourage the church along its way. And so I kind of came up with this analogy that you know, there one one plants, another waters, and another sows. I've added an element, um, and one spreads the manure, and and that's and that's our role is uh, spreading the manure and encouraging the growth of the church. So very glamorous, very sexy, and, uh, but I think very necessary. Um, because we do, um, we do need to grow. 
because that's that's the way it's every, that's the way all life is. I have, and I, I wish I would have given them about 25 or 30 pictures to flash up here of my newest granddaughter, um, uh, Willow, Willow Jewel. And, uh, you know, she was born about 15, 16 months ago, and I was there the day she was born. I've been with her every week, every step of the way. And it's been really a fascinating, wonderful thing. My, my other two granddaughters live 2,000 miles away, so I don't see them that often. So Willow, um, I moved into their neighborhood. So I could, I moved in the neighborhood and I stalk her. Uh, and I stalk my son and I, I text all the time, can Willow play? You know, is Willow awake? You know, and he goes, God, leave me alone. Um, but I, I, I've just been delighted. I just, I honestly have never felt what I feel for her. Um, I told my kids, I have six children. I said, I've never loved, I never loved any of you the way I love her, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> They, they really appreciate that. Um, but they can go get inner healed or outer healed or whatever healed they need. Uh, I just love Willow to death. And so watching, and I look, my, there are all kinds of pictures on my phone, going back to the day she was born. And she's just a little peanut, you know, when she was born. And, she, you know, and then she get, got a little older. And, and the very first time I held her, I've got this picture, I'm holding her, and she is screaming like she's being held by some sort of monster. I mean, she just, ah! And it's just, it's just, my son loves that picture. And he, he tells me, she only does that when she sees me. So I, there's payback that goes with all this stuff. Um, so, uh, so she's growing. And now, now when I walk in the door, that's just wind, right? We're not going to die. Uh, that's not the uh, zombie apocalypse taking place. Uh, um, so anyway, now when she sees me, she's delighted. And now... You know, on this trip, I've been able to FaceTime with her. And when she sees me, you know, after she sees herself up in the corner and goes, Lolo, you know, she goes, Papa, Papa, Papa. She can't say much other than that. And so my son goes, okay, we're getting off now. Um, and, uh, but I'll tell you, it's so delightful. And, and then, you know, just, just after I left, she walked for the first time. So they sent me a video of her walking. She kind of walks like me. I, I have a difficult time walking. So, and so th th before she could walk on her own, I held her hand and would walk, and it was like a perfect pair because I, I walk as bad as she does. Um, so anyway, so all of these steps, all of this stuff, it's her growing up. And it's delightful. It's not a bad word to, 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 gr to want to grow up, to mature, to, to come into your fullness of who you are. I, I, I sincerely, I've had, a, I've had a, a different view of my life since she's been born. Um, I want to live longer now because I want to see her graduate. I would, would <laughs> pray to God that there'll be a day that I can you know, see her walk down the aisle. Um, and so, you know, and you know, as parents, you know how you have those, you, you pick a doorway in your house and you mark you know, how the kids grow, yep. and you watch it, and you watch it as it progresses, and you feel good about it, and the kids feel good about it, and they get up against it, and, and then, they, uh, then they, they, you know, try to, try to get up as tall as they can, you know, like, no, 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 just be there. Like the other day, Sarah and Caitlin were back to back, and like, and because Sarah wants to know if she's as tall as Caitlin. And uh, so she's kind of stepping a little bit, up, little bit up on her toes. And no, no, you gotta just hang on and wait. It happens in time. And we do, we, we love to see growth.
And it would be tr it's tragic when we don't. You know, my kids, I have six of them, um, and they all have grown up differently in terms of their maturation and learning to be responsible and all that. But they, but they all are, and this is one of, my, one of my favorite things about them, they all are gainfully employed. They all have jobs, and that makes me really happy. Because I, even though they all have jobs, they all have this thing on their phone called Venmo, and basically I can transfer money to them immediately, anytime. Now, I looked at it the other day, and I noticed that there's never any money coming this way. It's just, it's going out, you know? Even though they are gainfully employed, I mean, I, I'd hate to think what it'd be like if they weren't. Um, but, you know, they're all working, they're all responsible, some have gotten promotions and, and, and they're in their place of work. And, and when they do, like my son was uh, promoted to the head brewer at this uh, microbrewery. And, uh, and when I read the letter, man, I just I called him, I said, no, this, this might as well be happening to me. It feels like it's happening to me because I love seeing them grow. I love seeing them uh, achieve. I love seeing them uh, accomplish things. And they all do it at different levels. I love them all the same, okay? But I'm really proud when they, you know, show up on time, do their job, you know, get commendations, get in, uh, encouraged and, and all that. I mean, I love that. Well, guess what? God loves that. He loves, the, the New Testament in particular is full I had a hard time picking what passage what to, to, this morning what to use because there are so many passages that do with our maturity and our growing up. And some of them are a little bit harsh. You know, it's like, you know, by this time, I should be feeding you meat, but I can't because you're just ready to have the milk. In another section, he goes, you know, let's just settle these basic elemental things so that we can move, and this is Hebrews 6, so we can move on into the, the greater things. And sometimes, and I've, I've observed the church for 52 years as a part of it, and, and there are times it's, it's mind-boggling what we get away with, what we allow people to get away with, what we allow ourselves to get away with. Um, and and it, it, it undermines the foundation from which we're meant to operate. Because believe it or not, God, God has chosen... Ephesians 3, uh, God has chosen that through the church, he will make his wisdom known to principalities and powers into the world. You know, not only to the people, but to, but to angelic beings, that he will prove his wisdom in choosing us. And that's a pretty big, big assignment, you know, that he's going to demonstrate his greatness, his goodness, his power in and through us. But he can't do that in a fractured, you know, weakened vessel. In fact, the body, the scripture talks about us being built up together in love and joined together in love and being built up together and becoming a temple, not a temple, a temple in which the Holy Spirit dwells. So in our church, one of our, one of our themes is that we're grow, being built up together in love, a place where the Holy Spirit can dwell. And so uh, it's not real fancy, but it works for me uh, because I we each have to do our part. We each have to grow up. We each have to stop our nonsense. And so I'm just going to read a little bit of Ephesians. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's really a long chapter and talk about a few of those things. John Wimber, who was my mentor for 33 years, um, 
as long as I knew him, would say, I want to grow up before I grow old. Um, and, and he was still working on that when he went to, to be with Jesus. And so uh, I'm still working on that. I've, been, I've had many, many remarkable highs in, in my life in Christ and in the church. And I've had some pretty low lows. And, uh, you know, when we climb mountains, you know, it's one thing to get to the top and then kind of work your way down the other side. I've gotten to the top a few times and tumbled down to the, to the valley. You know, I didn't, I didn't climb down. I just fell down there. Um, and so I've, I've experienced both ends of things and everything in between. And, uh, but, I, you know, I just, one of the things I haven't done, this is one of the greatest characteristics about myself. Um, there's, I, I can't list a whole lot of them, but this one I can, I just never give up. I have some sense in me, some understanding in the very depths of me that he doesn't give up either. That he's faithful even when I'm faithless. You know, that he's pursuing me even when I'm not pursuing him. I've done all the stuff, you know, I've done all the religious nonsense and, and, uh, and it's only nonsense if your heart's not right. But, but I used to, I used to, I went through a season of fasting. I fasted one time for 30 days on water. And, uh, and, uh, and I would pray like four or five hours a day. I would get in the office really early and I had a, I had a prayer thing, you know, journal. And, uh, and I'd pray through the scriptures and, and I'd do all that. And you know what was really fascinating about all that? When I fasted for 30 days, I felt like I should have done 40. When I pray for four hours, I think I should have done six. Because when we're doing it out of our own strength, out of our own energy, out of our own initiation, it just, it's just religion. And guess what? It it's always falls short of the mark. It always falls short of the mark. But when I do it through the grace of God, as, as, as the grace of God becomes my tutor, it's just a whole different thing. And I'll talk about that tonight. Um, but it's a, it's a different thing when we're doing it in partnership, when, when he just puts his arm around us. He lets us think it's partnership, uh, but he carries us the whole way. You know? And, and then, it, then it becomes wonderful. It becomes easy. But when we're doing it in our own strength, we're, just, we're trying to be good. Last, I think it was last time I was here, and it may not have been this location, um, but I was somewhere in Australia, which is a big place. Um, and I was, I was teaching at one session, and I thought, you know what? When I was 14 years old, I gave my first public speech in high school, and, and it was called Religion is a Drag. And, uh, and I thought, you know what? I'm still preaching the same message that I did when I was 14 years old. I might as well write a book. Um, uh, you know, because religion, it is a drag. It weighs you down. You can't, you can't get to where you want to out of your own effort. You get there out of the grace, mercy, kindness, and initiation of God the Father. He pursues us, I'm telling you. He pursues us. We don't pursue him. Um, even when we feel hungry for him and desperate for him, guess what? He's created that hunger. He's created that desperation so he can fulfill it. It's very... It's a really, it's a great system because no matter what I am, who I am, he still can do what he wants to do. And so in, in uh, Ephesians 4, it says this. Now, I'm not going to read it all. It's a long chapter, but I'm just going to highlight a few things and, and then point out some stuff. Uh, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient 
bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Let me just insert here. Implicit in this is we don't get to be offended. We need to become unoffendable. I'm, this probably is meant for a whole different church than you because you're probably already in that place of never being offended by anything. Um, so, yeah, amen. Um, but no, that's like in our church, that's one of our big goals is you don't, you don't get to be offended. You know? and, and that doesn't mean you don't have questions. You know, I sat down with some worship mem- team members the other day, and, you know, they wanted to meet. And this first time in three years they wanted to meet. And, and, and I, when, that, when that happens, I know that they generally will have a little bit of an agenda. There may be, be something going on that they're not happy with. And, and of course, I knew that. Um, so I was ready when they came in to talk and dialogue. And, and guess what? Answer their questions. It's perfectly fair to have questions. It's not perfectly fair uh, perfectly fair to assume the worst and come to conclusions about what you think is happening. And so they did a pretty good job with not doing that, but they were concerned. You know, they had, you know, why is this person doing this and why aren't we using this? And, and, and they're all fair questions. The people are actually legitimate musicians and, and uh, they have questions about why things are going the way they are. And, and so I just answered them. We just dialogued. In some things, I was able to just clarify it and, and, and to their satisfaction. And in other things, I clarified to their dissatisfaction. Uh, but we talked. We talked to each other. We didn't talk about each other. And that's, a, that's a, one of the cardinal sins and one of the most consistent sins I see in the church is, uh, is we, we believe the worst and then we sin against one another by repeating that to other people. I have two words for that. Stop it. Just look in your mirror and go, stop it, you know. Uh, because it's never going to be the right way to handle things. The only way I can resolve something with a person is talking to the person. And so when people are willing to come in and sit down and talk to me, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to dialogue with them. We may disagree. Uh, they were talking about this one young lady on our team, and uh, she doesn't sing very well. And, and uh, that is a pretty clear requirement of those who are helping publicly, you know, they should be able to, you know, carry a tune in a bucket at least. Um, and so this young lady, she's 21 years old, plays the guitar incredibly. Uh, he's, she's got a vibe about her when she does it, just, it's engaging, she's engaged, and, but she just, you know, she just doesn't know her range and sometimes tries to sing outside of it, and, and it's, it's cringeworthy, um, you know, and so... So, so they're asking me, well, why, am I, why do I have her? I said, because of her heart, because of her skills, and because I'm sending her to voice lessons. You know? I'm, and I sat her down and, and had to just talk with her, and she cried. And I said, I need to have you step back for a little bit, and I'm going to send you to voice lessons because, you know what I was trying to do? I was trying to position her to, do the, to, to win. You know, not just letting her flounder. But, okay, okay, sweetie, you're going to step back for a while, but here, I'm going to help you with this. And so she's re-entered now, and, and, uh, and she's, she's doing much better. She's staying within her range, and she's got the goods. I mean, she just got it. And I also had to sit down 
with her mom and dad. <laughs> you know, who were like... <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, she's 21. <laughs> I don't have to tell you anything. Uh, second of all, uh, I'm her champion. I am so for her, and I want her to succeed at this because she's gifted, she's got the heart, she's got the, she's got the goods, she's got to sing a little bit better. And so I'm helping her with that. And you know what? That's just, that's what we do. We communicate with each other. We don't believe the worst and just go stomping off. And believe it or not, that happens a lot in the body of Christ. And it ought not to be that way. We ought not to do that. We ought to talk to each other. So make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. And you know, one of the things is, one of the key things in doing is just take responsibility. You know, if you're going to believe the worst about somebody, believe the worst about yourself. You know, I'm, I'm like, my motivations are always messed up, you know, so I'm going I'm to take that on myself. I get things wrong all the time, so I'm going to take that on myself. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to you, and we're going to talk, so we, I can learn from this, and I can grow from this. And, uh, and you just make the effort. And some people don't they, don't, they don't like to do it. They don't like to cooperate with it, you know. They make it very difficult. And that's, and it, it goes both ways. I don't care where you are. It goes both ways. It's sometimes it's just really difficult for a, a, a person to relate to a leader. Uh, they're intimidated. They're uncomfortable. They've got past history. And they bring all that stuff to the table. And they project it on the leader. It's a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've had to tell people over and go, I really I, I hear what you're saying, I know where you're coming from, but I really can't pay for your daddy's sins. I really can't pay for your mommy's sins. But I know somebody who did, and you can go to him and bring this to him. Now, when I sin against you, have at it. Have at it. But so, and then uh, conversely, they can be difficult sometimes. They're not, they don't come asking questions. They come making accusations. And, and for me, personally, if you come at me with an accusation, guess what? I'm going to try to block the blows. It's just a natural reaction. But if you come to me and ask me a question, we can dialogue. It may, it may get heated. It may get uh, confused for a few minutes or 30 minutes or an hour or two. Um, but, but eventually there'll be a calm. And eventually, we end up walking out closer to each other because we talk to each other. We work things out together. So we made the effort, made the effort. And one of the things you do is you, as a congregation, you as, as people that are in a position of following, um, you believe the best about those who are leading. You make a conscious choice to believe the best. It doesn't mean you don't ask questions. It doesn't, doesn't mean you don't, don't get clarification. But you go into it believing that you just misunderstood what you heard. And now this is, this is not sexy stuff, right? This is not, you know, you know, fireworks going off in the air stuff. But this is where we live. And if we start doing this stuff with one another, it changes the environment. You want to change the atmosphere let Jesus change you, and you, and you, and you. And when Jesus starts doing that in all of us, it changes everything, okay? Oh, I brought this, because I brought the iPad up here because I can read, the, I can adjust the type. 
I brought this up there just to remind people that we have these. They have it in paper now. And so it's, it's amazing. And, uh, but the problem is that if I get a Bible that has print big enough for me to read it, I can't carry it. In fact, in fact, last year, I just left it in the guest room at one of my friend's house in New Zealand. I said, hey, here's a, have a Bible, <laughs> because it, was, it weighed 400 pounds. Um, and so I just thought, well, I can use this. But this one, this, is, this works just as well. And I see people like, uh, when I say turn to such and such, they'll, they'll, everybody gets their iPhone out, you know. And I know, I know that I know that I know that I know that some people aren't turning to the passage. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> I, I know it's shocking. Um, and I might know that because I don't always turn to the passage. I go, oh, I can just go on Facebook now. Nobody knows. Um, <laughs> so we, we work hard, man. We make every effort to keep the bond of unity peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And then it goes on and says, So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. In, in the church, in the Western world especially, uh, churches are, that is not the motivation of the church. That's not the target of the church. The target becomes, how can we serve you? How can we meet your needs? And I'm pretty ruthless about this, and that I don't, I, I'm not, I don't, forget your needs, you know, forget what your, what your agenda is. You're, you're meant to be, you, you are called, you are conform, uh, created by God to accomplish his purpose. We're Christ's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto, you need to do something about the Bible teaching here. Um, uh, Onto good works. Um, you know, it's not about us. And, and the fulfillment that we get as believers is serving. I mean, it's, now, if we serve for the wrong reason, if you serve because you want approval, you want recognition, you, you need to fill this hole that's in you, if you serve for those reasons, you will get burned out. But if you serve the Lord Jesus, just as he served you, you're in a very, very safe place. And then, and then you, don't, you don't even need anybody to notice. You don't even need, like, a certificate. And get behind you know, everybody, clap for you, and that's all. And I do believe in showing appreciation to people, and and, and blessing them as they bless us. Uh, but if a person needs the accolades, it just deflates it for me, because they need. Because I know that I can't give them enough accolades. When I was serving in a church in in, in California one time, uh, Central Coast, uh, I had I had everybody who served. If you were children's ministry, if you set up chairs, if you, you know, if you played on the worship, everybody was part of what I called the ministry team. And then every year, I would put money aside, and uh, and every year I'd take them to this this incredible steak restaurant in, in on the central coast of California. If you're ever on the central coast of California, there are several steak restaurants you want to go to. They really know what they're doing. Um, and so I would I would have them all come to this dinner. And every once in a while, there'd be a couple that say, well, we're not, we're not going. And I go, yeah, you are. 
And they go, no, we, we, just, we just serve because we just love the Lord Jesus, and we want to just serve him. We don't want any accolades. We don't want any. And I said, for crying out loud, it's a stake. Yeah. It's not jewels, you know, in heaven. The crown, I'm not taking your crown away in heaven by giving you a stake. You know, we're doing this as a family to celebrate together the work that everybody puts into this thing. And so you're coming. And they came. And I surprised them with a little bit of a certificate. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just had to do that. Um, well, maybe I didn't have to do that, but I did it. Um, so, you know, Jesus has given us all a job to do. And if we read Romans 12, you find out that, that he gives it to us in different measures. And so, you know, according to your faith, you just do what you do according to the faith that you have. Uh, so whatever you, ha- whatever you feel called to do, do it in faith. Do it trusting God's call to do it. And, and, and let him, let him re- renew, re- uh, what's it say in 12, 1, 11, uh, renew your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. That's such a key sentence because we all can slip into servant for other reasons. Serving to prove our worth to somebody. Proving to serve our, uh, show our worth to God. All that stuff. That all comes in. But if we're serving Jesus, it just, who cares? I could care less if anybody knows, you know? Um, I, I'm, I'm just doing it because, I, I want to, because I'm called to serve him. And I don't need to get all that other stuff. It messes with my head anyway. When I was early on uh, leading worship, I was like a god. Um, there was no one. <laughs> it's true. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, nobody was doing it in 1977. You know, we, there was still the organ and the, shall we gather at the river? You, I'm sorry if that's your favorite song. Um, but anyway, we, and we were singing these new songs, these kind of just intimate love songs to Jesus. And people were connecting, and they loved it. They loved it, loved it, loved it. We couldn't do enough of it. And guess what? They loved me. And they would tell me how much they loved me and how great it was. And one day, I'm driving home from church, and I said, Lord, you've got to stop them. Because it's, now I'm trying to, now I'm kind of weighing and judging how well it went each day by how many people came up to me and told me that. So I'm driving. I said, Lord, Lord, I said, Lord, you got to stop them because I can't, I can't handle it. And this is the truth. Before the Lord, it's just, it's ended. It just stopped. And then after like two or three weeks, I'm going, well, Lord, you could let a couple of them through. You know, <laughs> I, can, I can use an attaboy every once in a while. I am a human being. Um, but, uh, you know, that stuff can mess with you. And you, you just don't want to do it for those reasons. Um, I, had a, I had an opportunity recently to play at some big gathering in Los Angeles, California, and uh, I was asked to lead two or three songs in worship. And, uh, and I, 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 after a day, I just turned them down. And I said, I can't think of one reason that I would want to do it um, other than in the flesh. More notoriety, more visibility, more gigs, more this and that. I just, so I thought, you know, let somebody else do it. You know, and so I suggested somebody else for it. Because I don't need to do that stuff anymore. If I was, you know, a little younger, maybe I still did. But I've been pulled through a knot hole backwards. And there's just a lot of stuff that comes off when you're pulled through a knot hole backwards. Do you know what that means here? Does that make, 
You know, on a tree, there's a knot hole and it's messy, ugly thing um, when you're pulled through it backwards. Uh, but I just thought, you know, I just don't, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do it because I don't have a reason to do it. I don't need to do anything that the Lord doesn't give me to do. You know, I don't care how exciting it is. So the Lord gives us stuff to do, and we just do it with the faith that we have to do it. And some people have great faith. Robbie Dawkins is a very close friend of mine. And uh, I'll have dinner with him, and we're hanging and talking, and I go, I go, you know, Robbie, that I can't do what you do. Oh, yes, you can. I said, Robbie, when you walk in a room, the room changes. You're a, you're a monster. He's a big dude, man, and he's got a big presence, and he's got big faith, and, and all that stuff. And I, and I celebrate it. I haven't come to my church in a couple of weeks. And, uh, but... But I, I don't try to imitate him. I don't try to be him. I don't try to be anybody else anymore. I'm just going to be who I am. And if that's not good enough, it ain't good enough. I'm not going to try to meet some standard that I could never meet. Uh, so whatever God's given you to do, if, you, if, you're, if you're making the coffee, make good coffee. Uh, I don't even care about it because I don't drink the real thing. Um, because I get very demonized when I do. Uh, <laughs> they, they go... At the office, they go, you got coffee. And I go, yeah. And they go, you, it's okay if you just go home yeah. and, and not be around us because we don't want to do another sozo um, because of you. Uh, but, so do what you do. Do it with great faith. Do it with great uh, passion, but do it as unto the Lord. In, and then he goes on and talks about how we were deceitful and all that. And he said, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. I mean, that's, that's what we're trying to do is grow up into the, and mature into the to head, come in alignment with the head as a whole body of Christ and serving God's purpose in the earth. From him, the whole body joined together and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. Yeah, each part, as each part does its own work. Don't envy somebody else. Don't look at what they do and want to do what, be what they are. I'm looking for a list here. Oh, there it is. Wow. Normally it doesn't go that well for me. Um, so let me just give you a, uh, just a, a couple, three um, indicators that you're growing up, that you're maturing. This is like the, this is like the doorway where you have the little you know, thing on the door. And, uh, you know, I mean, think about a child. Think about you get a child and they grow up and they get up, all of a sudden they're this tall. And then, the, you know, a month later we go measure and they're like this tall. That would not be good news. And it's not good news in the church either. And that's what Paul is saying. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying when they're saying, I ought not to have to feed you milk anymore. And I'm, I'm old enough and been around long enough uh, that I'm like, you know, I really don't mind changing Willow's diaper. But I don't want to change Zach's. You know? I'm, I'm fine with Willow crying and, and having a, a, a little bit of fit, as long as she doesn't do it too long. Um, uh, but, but for a, an adult to act like a three-year-old, it's, it's really not becoming. And I'm just going to be honest, I see it way too often in the church. Christians who've been Christians for 20 years, 
and then and then going off on something like that. I go, how old are you in the? When did you meet Jesus? Like last week, you know? If I mean, if you've been a Christian for 20 years, there's some stuff that not ought to be there. If it is there, we need to deal with it. So, what are some of the signs of maturity? And I've got three minutes. Um, well, first of all, a hunger for God and to continue to know God. That's a wonderful thing, right? I mean, and I love that God has put that in me. I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I'm trying to, I spend most of my try, time trying to unlearn what I learned, you know, and trying to get just down to the simple thing of loving God and loving one another, loving the world that I live in, and I really enjoy that. Um, ceasing to complain. Go, I don't get to complain. Uh, let me quote you a very ambiguous verse, but you can try to dig into it and find the meaning. Do all things without murmuring or complaining. Might look that up in the Greek. Might get a, you know, like a strong concordance and try to figure out what that is actually saying. Because it couldn't possibly be what it's saying. <laughs> Just a thought. Yeah, I think it does. Do how many things? Ouch. Ever since I've been on this trip, you know, there's been things I've wanted to complain about, and I, and I can't. Um, because John's with me, and he'll know, and he'll tell everybody. <laughs> he'll tell everybody I'm a hypocrite. Um, uh, no. So we, when we just cease complaining, we stop ourselves before we complain. We stop ourselves before we get, get discouraged. You know, I had a gal recently that they lost their house because somebody else was gonna move in and they had to move. And in eight years, they had built so many relationships in that neighborhood and led people to Christ and had block parties and you know, just some great experiences. They were so bummed out until they, stopped, they, they, they saw this move not as a, a bad thing, they saw it as a new thing. So now, their whole family, even the little kids, they're all psyched about moving to this new neighborhood and making new friends and building new relationships and creating new situations in which they could share the gospel, you know, by just loving their neighbors. And so they, they turned a situation that was really, for them, disappointing into an opportunity, you know. And that's, that's the way that we have to think. God always, God always has a solution for the problem you're facing. So the quicker we quit, you know, having to go through, you know, and we go through pain. I understand that. We go through, things hurt, and it's not always easy. But the sooner we can turn away from the thing that's got our attention back to Jesus, the sooner we can hear from him, and, uh, and, and we can find his solution for it. A couple more things. Um, ceasing to complain. Uh, just finish with gossip. Just unwilling to participate. I, I mean... I'm with people that sometimes want to tell me stuff about other people. And I go, don't. I go, but, but I think you need to know. And I, no, I don't need to know because I know what I'll do with it. And <laughs> it's not good. Uh, so gossip is not, gossip's never good. You know what gossip is? It's telling somebody something that you know that they don't need to know. They don't need to know, you know. Um, uh, the only people that need to know are the people that need to know. And so uh, I try my hardest. I, I, don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't get A's on all of this. I don't pass in all of this all the time. I get in moods. You know, I want to kill everybody. 
<laughs> you know, everybody's an idiot. Uh, uh, that's where I go in myself, you know. And uh, I'm just being honest. Gosh, I can't stand us not being honest with each other. Because then everybody's all fooled. Everybody thinks that somebody's spiritual when they're not any more spiritual than you are. You know, we're only as spiritual as the Holy Spirit makes us. That's how spiritual we are. Some of the other things, learn to let go of things easily, not keeping records of wrongs, preferring others. Uh, oh, here's one. Here's a good one, and I'll end with this one. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've had an encounter with God through the Holy Spirit, what I'm looking for is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It kind of makes sense, right? If I'm encountering God, you know, I, 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 I've told people, I said, I'm the guy you talk to after you get off the floor. You know, because, because I'm going to be looking for some maturity. I'm going to be looking for some growth. I'm going to be looking for evidence of, of, of fruit coming forth. You know, because that's, it's, that's what happens. If I'm, if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, I've got all the nature and characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Faithfulness, um, uh, you know, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And here's a good one. The fruit of the Holy Spirit that's a really good one is perseverance. Why on earth would he give us perseverance unless we're facing things? that call for the need to persevere. We just want, sometimes we just want a magic carpet ride, you know, and get through all this. It just doesn't work that way. Even when God does a miracle, there's still a process that happens after it. The, the lepers, I, I, this is my imagination. This is not in the Bible. This is me just thinking crazy. Uh, the lepers were, you know, they were, they were told to stay away from people, and they were told, told to warn people. Unclean, 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 unclean. Imagine what that does to you, telling yourself over and over and over and over again, you're unclean, and everybody believing it and, and going with it. I mean, and then all of a sudden they're healed. Do you think that they were invited to dinner the next night? You think there might have been a little adjustment period? I think so. I think that sometimes there's a context. We forget we forget that Jesus lived and, and traveled around Capernaum. It's a very, very, very small area. So he knew who Zacchaeus was. Zacchaeus knew who he was. All these people, they knew each other. And so when Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to dinner at your house. He's like, the rabbi wants to come to dinner at my house. This is, it's, it really was absolutely unheard of. And then, and then you read the story, and they're having dinner, and he's, he's, he's with the sinful people that are all outcasts in society. And in the middle of it, Zacchaeus just can't handle it. He can't even wait till the end of the sermon. I'm going to give, you know, half of what I stole back to everybody. I want to do this. I'm going to, you know, all these wonderful things. He just begins to confess all this stuff. It just bursts forth from him by being in the presence of Jesus. I don't see anywhere where Jesus was going, and he did this wrong, too. Oh, and you did this wrong. And uh, he just ate with them. You know, back then, uh, there was a saying that said, uh, I've seen you eat. I know who you are. Meaning, they, they lived in communities, they lived in villages, and so they ate together. So who you ate with became who you were. And he didn't mind taking on, he didn't mind taking that hit, you know, of somebody else's bad reputation. So, oh, 
So we need to pray, and we need to ask God to just be God and transform us. Be transformed by the grace of God. You know, uh, quit crying out for something out there. Start crying out for something in here, and that will work its way out. It really will. Honest. Honest. I can't think of anything to add to that that's not politically incorrect, so I'll just say honest. Uh, So (laughs) may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May we continue to strengthen you. May continue to just grow you up and mature you in him. And if I do come back, I want to see some fruit of that. Because it will exist. If you, if you start believing the best about each other, you're cheering each other on. You're just you're putting others forward for the position that you might want. That creates a, a nice atmosphere. Amen? Thanks, Kyle.